Welcome to Just One Q. I'm Dr. Melissa Horn, a diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate. In this podcast, I chat with industry experts about the latest scientific trends related to diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Each week, I ask one burning question tied to current events. Our goal is to leave you with the tools you need to drive change in your own life, both personally and professionally. We know that the pandemic has had a tremendous effect on women in the workplace. A recent McKinsey report shows just how much COVID-19 has had a disproportionate impact on women's employment, and in particular, affecting working mothers, women in senior management positions, and Black women. Now, while companies are certainly doing more to support employees during the ongoing COVID-19 crisis, the reality is women are feeling more exhausted, burned out, and under pressure than their male counterparts. With as many as 2 million women considering leaving the workforce or stepping back from their careers. So in terms of gender equity, this is a real problem that requires an immediate solution. For today's burning question, I'm asking, why is it important to focus on women in leadership now more than ever, given the disproportionate impact the pandemic has had on women in the workforce? And to answer today's question, I'm joined by Diane Crawford. Diane, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. So a bit about Diane. Diane has a real passion for people development, change, and innovation. She's committed to developing and supporting women. She coaches individual women, develops and delivers leadership programs for women leaders, including Affirmac, a venture to support African women leaders, speaks at conferences and women groups. She runs The Voyage, a people development firm with her two daughters that has both personal and professional product offerings. So Diane, let's talk about women and leadership during the pandemic. Well, it's it's a huge topic and During the pandemic or pre-pandemic, there has been a huge gap in the role of women in in senior leadership positions and the impact that that has to all of us. And it is not just in our country, it's around the world. And some countries have dealt with it a lot more effectively than we have. But what we've been observing and uh, the report that you referenced has some good data on it and there's, there's a lot more is that women have shouldered a heavy load at home with with children with the they seem to take the role in about more than 90% of families in leading the at home learning they are shouldering a lot of the elder care you know the sandwich generation has been more pronounced through all of this and the other thing that we're finding is because of women's leadership style the way that they handle crisis is they are leaned on more in their organizations. So not only is the family expecting more of them, the organizations are expecting more. And women have stepped up. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, I was just as I was prepping for our our chat today, I was reading an, uh, an article in the Harvard Business Review that women are better leaders during crisis. Absolutely that it's one area that I've studied is crisis leadership and the skill sets necessary are some of the skills that women naturally have because of the role that they've played in society for forever. So that's great, right? We get to represent our our skill set in organizations, but we're expected to do the same thing at home. And some people are, are making decisions to step away from their roles in the organization because of you know value sets that many women hold, family will come first. And so we are seeing decisions being made for women to leave the workforce at every level. And so what's interesting about that, 
it's often financial, right? You know, mm-hmm. so if the the other spouse is the uh, major or their their wage contributes more to the family, it's just a financial decision. So it brings us right back to the fundamental issue of women's pay equity, mm-hmm. right? That was there before the pandemic and it, and it shows itself. And the other thing is that the skill sets that women have to take care of the family home, to take care of aging relatives, to, t- you know, to homeschool, they get chosen to, to leave their jobs for those reasons. So there's many reasons it's happened, as well as many women are in the service industries, those industries that have been devastated by this. And so they simply have no jobs to go to. So in, in what you're seeing now, I think that's really interesting that you, you said that you studied uh, crisis leadership. Could you maybe sort of talk a little bit more about that in terms of, I mean, there is this sort of, we're seeing one, that women lead better during the crisis and, you know, their employees are stating this, but at the same time, because of sort of this leadership and I guess that sort of this transferable skill between the workplace and then sort of managing the home and its accompanying responsibilities in terms of childcare, elder care. Um, when you're working with your clients, how are you, what are you seeing? How are you helping them? What are you working on with, with folks during this time to help sort of navigate this, this world that we're all kind of living in? So the, the one thing about crisis leadership is it's different than regular leadership. So it's not the time to have the big vision. Mm. It's the time to look at what's in front of you. The idea of micro goals, taking micro steps and women are very good in taking strategy and operate, you know, put it into operations. And at this time during crisis leadership, it is, let's just get the operations going. So I have clients that are senior leaders and organizations that have stepped up to lead their pandemic response team, not because they were asked to, just because mm. they did, right? And, and then it's just added to their plate right? You know, it's just nothing else was taken away. And this is across industries. So when I'm working with individual leaders and organizations, as I have through the pandemic, one of the things I talk about is the fact that we are all living through a fog of fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's something to normalize the fact that we don't feel okay. And there's been a lot of uh, press about that, the fear that we're all feeling and the mental health issues around that. But the other thing that I have noticed and started to speak with my clients about, and women particularly, is this crisis of confidence Hmm. that many of us are experiencing. So we've been acting out of just a crisis. And so we react, we get the job done, we move forward. But now we're a year into it. And the normal ways that our confidence is built is, you know, you take an action, you get a result, you know, you feel better. You know, the idea of the word confidence comes from the Latin to trust, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we've kind of stopped trusting both ourselves and our environment because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. So this idea of the lack of confidence that we have in how we operate our homes, in how we lead. And and I'm not talking about women here now, I'm talking about everyone. I believe there is a crisis of confidence. And that is one area that we can impact. We can take positive steps to rebuild our individual confidence. And I've struggled with this, you know, and, and I think it hit me about six weeks ago. I was 
I had a call scheduled with someone. It was a normal thing that I've done over the years so many times. And I had this fear come over me. I was hoping they would cancel. <laughs> you know, and then I'm an entrepreneur. I run my own business. You don't want your clients to cancel. Yeah. And it was just like, where did that come from? You know, and it was just, I just hadn't, I, I hadn't filled up my confidence bucket. And so I, I went back to the tools that I know how to use, but I thought, wow, this is huge. And so I started talking to people about it and doing more research and it's happening all over. And it, it is just the last few months that we're starting to see our confidence because we've been operating on adrenaline for so yeah. long and, you know, just moving forward. Now that foundation that we built over the years of success is being chipped away bit by bit. So how are you, when you're working with, with leaders right now, how are you sort of helping them or what are some things that folks who are sort of feeling this? Because I think it's, you, you know, you've really hit a, hit, you know, hit, hit on something there that I think a lot of us are feeling. So what, what can we do? What can, what are some of the ways that we can start to sort of put a name to what we're feeling and then maybe starting to take some action? What do you, do you have any recommendations? I do. So, so first confidence is one of the, the four C's that I talk about in successful leadership. So confidence, communication, collaboration, and, and connection, mm. right? So the idea of, of connecting with people. And so when you think about how you get confidence, it's, it's self-confidence It's through yourself and part of your self-esteem, esteem, is just your estimate of yourself, but we're not getting things mirrored back. So when you connect with people and talk about what you're doing and talk about how, how you're feeling and kind of normalize what's happening. So the one thing is making connections and, and not necessarily to talk about, you know, how bad you're feeling, but, you know, to talk about positive things as well, you know, so that, that positive cycle that gets going. And the idea of collaborating, you know, working with others, you don't have to do this yourself. Yeah. Right. You know, so you think about self-confidence, self-esteem, the way you can fill it up is through others. So find opportunities to collaborate, whether it's in your home life or in your business life, because these, these flow over, right? If your confidence is good at home, it's going to be good at business and vice versa. And, you know, the, the idea of the communication, right, yeah. you know, being able to verbalize it. But my, my key around confidence is what I call the circle of confidence. So when you're feeling that anxiety or, or just an overall, uh, who am I, <laughs> right? Like, do I have it anymore? Going back to this, the circle of confidence, the time, think about a time when you felt really great about yourself. And one of the examples or the times that I go back for myself, a number of years ago, my, my daughter said to me, mom, I signed us up for the CIBC run for the cure. And I'm like, honey, I don't run, you know that, you know, and she said, mom, it's a mother daughter thing. We're signed up. We're doing it. And I said, okay, I'll walk. She said, mom, it's run for the cure. And so here I was a non-athlete. And so I started training and I trained to do this run. So we get to, to the run and I had the time wrong. We were late. It had started. Oh no. So we could see these people running away and I was going to 
cancel, right? We missed the start. And she just started running. So I run to catch her. And when I crossed that finish line, that feeling that I had of facing a fear and doing it anyway was even as I'm telling you right now, I just feel that I feel fantastic, right? Like I did that. And then that started me becoming a runner. You know, who knew at midlife I was going to become a runner. So when I think about that, I think about those emotions and my brain doesn't know any different, Hmm. right? So when you think that being a confident person, being able to conquer anything, the neural pathways that are being initiated are saying, oh yeah, yeah, this is who we are. So whether it's going into a call with a client or speaking with a, a difficult staff member or a difficult boss, you know, this is where being in this circle of confidence, confidence breeds confidence. Mm-hmm. And then as you have experiences, when you go into confident, confidently, then you'll have success. And success breeds confidence. So you get into the cycle of that. And so it's it's having, what I suggest to people is make a list of times where you really rocked it, right? You know, and and when you did that presentation and everyone loved it, when you got up, you know, I'm, I'm a speaker, I speak on a stage in front of, you know, 500 people sometimes. And I always feel a little sick, which is good. You should, you, you need that. <laughs> But then it's like, oh, yeah, I do this. I've done this before. And then they liked it and it was great, right? You know, so you go back and that's, that's neuroscience, right? That, that's, that's neuroscience 101 is you can replay those, those tapes and act as if. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, we've sort of, the, the sort of the, the drag, the drudgery that we, you know, the sort of the everyday, we're just kind of, you know, rotely going through, at least some days, that's how I feel, you know, it's blurs day, mm-hmm. you know, whatever month we're in right now. And, but thinking about, you know, before times, or those mm-hmm. moments where that, yeah, I mean, just hearing you tell me that story, right? I've got a big smile on my face, folks can't see it. But, yeah. you know, just sort of that and, and, and then the other point about connecting, I think is really interesting as well is that because, you know, we're, we're, we're slacking, we're zooming, you know, we're emailing, but we don't often have, or at least I haven't found that we often take enough time to sort of just connect with our, with our coworkers or with everyone else, because we're just sort of, sort of, you know, in autopilot mode, but that makes total sense, you know, just taking that time to sort of step out and and connect with folks in in a way that's non-transactional, because that's kind of how we've been, you know, working and, and living you know, over the past year. So I want to ask in, in terms of, you know, so the interesting thing you mentioned too, is that we're seeing women move into these leadership roles in these crisis leadership roles now, but what about, you know, so they're, they're stepping into this. How can we look, you know, to, to the future, to post pandemic, you know, we're seeing, I guess if we're seeing women step up now, we want to stay in these positions, right? We want to keep moving forward. So, you know, what are you, what are you thinking about, you know, post pandemic? How do, how do you, how do we take the gains that we've made, even though there has been losses, but, and move, move on. Okay. So I have two A's for that. Okay. Ask and apply. Mm. Right. So ask for what you want. And it's interest and and apply, apply for the job, get yourself into the next leadership position and use this experience that you've just gone through to qualify for it. 
I was on a, a call yesterday through the Globe and Mail and it was talking about women in leadership. And actually one of the CEOs that, that we know from, from Guelph was on there and talking about the fact that, and, and I've known this forever and I love to hear him say, is that when they post for jobs, they'll have like 30 requirements and men will apply when they have three or four. Right. Women won't apply unless they have 28. And he said at their organization, what they're doing is they're starting to tap people to say, you know, look, apply. And they're also looking at how they do their job postings to make sure that it's clearer that you don't need all of those things. But I'm, I'm saying don't wait for your organization to figure it out. Apply for the job. Yeah. Because if you if you have, you know, at least a third of what the requirements are, of course, you can't go and, and become a doctor if, if you're not trained. Yep. But if you have, you know, if they're looking for experience, and they say, you know, five to 10 years progressive leadership experience. Well, if you've been in a senior technical role, you've probably been leading, you know, like, don't apply for the job, get out there, women, you know, yep. like, like, do it. And ask, right, ask for what you need ask we don't do it we're so willing to give mm -hmm. but we're terrible at receiving and asking for what we want so ask and apply those this this is how we're going to move ourselves forward I love it I love it so just to sort of I want to do a quick recap so you know we've we've chatted about the ways in which you know women have been impacted because of the pandemic but in, in some ways, we've also seen women step up into leadership roles because of, you know, the skill set that we, we have around crisis leadership and being able to operationalize and sort of set these micro goals. And one of the things I, I really like that you had mentioned is around confidence and as part of the four C's of good, of, of good leadership, that's our successful leadership. And then for women, as we're looking, you know, in the post-pandemic world to take what we've done and continue to lead and step up higher. I like your two A's, ask and apply. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So I really want to thank you so much, Diane, for sharing your insights for just, you know, an awesome conversation. If you are interested in uh, learning more about Diane and the work that she's doing, and if you're interested in working with Diane, you can connect with her at thevoyageinc.com. And to everyone who tuned in, thanks so much for joining me on Just One Q. If you have any of your own burning questions, please feel free to reach out to me at hello at learningsnippets.ca, or you can write us a review to let us know what you thought of today's episode. Until next time, I'm Dr. Melissa Horn, and this has been Just One Q.